Okay, so, I have a question. Yeah. Um, how many, I know this is random, but how many uh, females have you had on your podcast in terms of guest spots? Including you? Yeah. One. Who? No, you are the one. Oh, That's I you. am the one. Oh, you, it's you the one. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, hey, let's go, Buffalo. Hey, hey, let's go, Buffalo. The bills make me wanna Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Bills fans, Bills Mafia, and Peterman postulators. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, the only podcast that recaps the 2018 roster cuts and trades, previews the 2018 season, and week one versus Baltimore, and has a special guest interview, and also uses big words like postulator. Um, it means believer, by the way. Thank you, thesaurus.com. Um, and thank you all for listening. You made it. You waited nine months for the start of this season, and ever since the loss to Jacksonville in the playoffs, the first playoffs since 2000, you got through the Super Bowl, you watched the Patriots lose, you got through free agency, the draft, minicamp and OTAs, training camp, the preseason, and you're finally here. This is where it all matters. Welcome to the 2018 Buffalo Bills season. I'm your host, Nate, and we are going to start our 2018 season preview podcast with a lady you may recognize in the Bills Twitter community. She is a contributor for buffalorumblings.com, one of our favorite sites for up-to-date Bills news. She is a great Twitter follow. You can find her at Steffi Tweets. She lives in Boston in the heart of Patriot country while still repping the Bills. I'm joined by Steffi. Steffi, it's great to have you on the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Yourself? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on. Um, no problem. One of the things that you know I I noticed about you is that you are a Bills fan in Patriots country. I mean, were you born there or did you move there? How how did how did it end up to be that way? Um, so I actually have my father and his family to thank. My dad grew up in uh, Tonawanda, New York, which is right outside Buffalo. Um, and his whole family uh, we're all built. We were all reared up Bills fans. Um. But yeah, I've moved around a lot, um, but for the most part, obviously, I've maintained um, my Bills fandom um, since birth. Um, so yeah, that's why, that's how I came to be a Bills fan living in, in Boston, is because when I moved here, um, I just maintained that fandom status. <laughs> yeah. Well, how were, were you able to find other Bills fans in that area? Yes. So I'm actually involved with Bill's Backers Boston. Um, there's a chapter here in Boston and I go to the Harp, which is a local bar. Um, and there's all these Bill's fans. So yeah, there is a, a Bill's presence. Oh, Bill's cool. Mafia presence. Bill's yeah. Mafia preference and uh, yep. presence in Boston. That's cool. Now, how did you get involved in Buffalo rumblings? Um, so I had been, uh, kind of, I started a few years ago, uh, working for a couple of publications, and they actually discovered me on Twitter. 
Um, and they reached out and asked if I wanted to become a contributor and take on a role there. Um, so I took the offer and I started back in July and I, I just actually had my debut piece, uh, issued today. Um, it's just a quick little article on, um, fantasy football team names that are bills related. So people should definitely check it out. Oh, cool. Cool. I saw you just had your draft in fantasy. How'd that go? I got a great A, so I think it's going to be a good season, hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, um, going into the actual uh, Buffalo Bills roster, they just had their cuts on Saturday to 53 yep. players. Um, did any of the cuts surprise you, or did any of the players that were actually kept surprise you either? Um, I would say, uh, the player that surprised me was Brandon Riley. Um, I thought he had a good preseason, um, in camp overall. And I guess, you know, he was a fan favorite and, um, maybe there were, I'm just trying to speculate. Maybe there were some issues with the fact that I think he had a broken rib, um, he was dealing with and, and, and maybe there were other issues. And I guess he just wasn't part of, um, the quote unquote McBean's plan. Um, so they, they let him go. Um, but I did hear that he was spotted in Foxborough. So hopefully the Patriots who are notorious for picking up Bill's players, um, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see what, what happens there. But, uh, yeah, that, that was the most notable now let's let's move on to um the fact that peterman was named mm-hmm. the week one starter and i know you you've kind of tweeted out a little rant that you had uh <laughs> were, were you surprised that peterman was named the week one starter um no i said it on a few other podcasts so i have that on record um and saying that i you know i knew i, I came to the conclusion that peterman was going to start um that's not to say I, I do I am a firm believer that um, Josh Allen is our franchise quarterback, but he just needs some time to develop and what with the O line issues that are going on right now, it just isn't a feasible choice um, to to have him start week one. Um, so in terms of Peterman, I know there were concerns because and it, this is getting a lot of national attention and and he's under a a microscope right now with the whole um, five interception game against the Chargers last year I think people need to move on from that and kind of just see this as a clean slate and a fresh start for him um, because he did have a a good performance a solid performance um, during camp and um, the preseason Um, so I think ultimately Fans need to give him a chance, and we'll we'll see what happens. Do you think? And I've seen a lot of criticism as well from national networks, from ESPN, CBS, and um, I think they're really fixated on the five interceptions. Do you think that's fair, or do you think that you know? Uh, I mean, given what you've seen in the preseason, that he's moved on from that. I mean, I think he handled that whole situation with a lot of grace and dignity. Because that was just, you know, a terrible situation to go through and very eye-opening at that time. Um, Yeah, I ultimately, I think the national media needs to move on from that. But because 
he I mean he had a he had a good game in during a blizzard against the Colts and I think people are sweeping that under the rug they're not even considering that um so that's just my two cents is I think again we we need to look at this this is a new season any given Sunday um and we got to as a fan we need to back our you know our number one quarterback because this is you know as McDermott says trust the process and we we need to just trust the process overall I mean ideally would you like to start see him start the entire season or I mean I guess I guess um, how long do you think this well, thing will last <laughs> I I don't I guess we'll have to see how he progresses but I think ultimately um Josh Allen I would say is going to this is just my um, speculation, um, probably going into the sixth week or seventh week starting. Mm -hmm. If they're not doing well at that point. Yeah. If they're not doing well. So like talking about the entire season for the bills, we're about to start the 2018 season. Week one is approaching and a lot of networks, like I was mentioning before, like ESPN, CBS, they're saying the bills will finish last this season. I mean, you, yeah. you follow the Bills more closely than all of them, obviously. So do we. We're Bills fans. I mean, how right. do you think the Bills will actually fare this season? Do you think that's accurate? Um, my prediction is actually, um, well, before I said 9-7, and seven, but now I want to make it 8-8 eight and eight, um, for their overall record. Um, I Honestly, you look at some other teams, and I just I, – I, truly don't understand why the national media is ranking them so low um i mean you just look at the browns they haven't even they haven't won a game for in like you know they need to they're one in 31 for their record um i just i just think it's it's interesting um and it kind of you know i i understand that uh lorenzo alexander had made a comment about it day and um you know he's aware of it all the guys are aware of it and i think it'll just it'll fuel the fire and make them hungry and and want to succeed and prove all the national media wrong i mean last year we were there were some national media analysts who said that you know obviously when we're going to make the playoffs and go like three and 13 so Again, I, I think um, it's it's just a matter of, you know, worrying about not wor- actually not worrying about what the national media is saying and just focus on your team. Yeah, it sounds like they could use that sort of bulletin material this year. And I think Sean McDermott might be the kind of guy, the kind of coach or use that to, to, to feed their hunger and, and really get them motivated this season. Exactly. Motivation is so key this year. Absolutely. So, um, you know. We were talking about the season, the start of the season. Uh, what's one thing that you saw from last season that the Bills did really poorly that you would like to see them improve upon this season? Um, the passing game overall. Take more shots down the field. Um, more deep balls. Um, yeah, definitely make make the passing game because we weren't getting it last year and it ultimately, um, you know, we, we, we lost the game to Jacksonville, 
because we had no passing game. Um, so we got to tighten that up. Absolutely. So uh, in saying that, I mean, well, now what's the passing thing, the passing game, that's one thing they need to improve for for this season and that they were very bad in last season. Well, what about one thing that they actually did well last season that you'd like to see them continue on this season and and actually, you know, uh, you know, continue to do well and, and oh. bring it forward into the 2018 season? Um, so I am a sucker for... Um, uh, interceptions and turnovers when it when it co- goes in our favor. So our defense was really really good last year and very solid. Um, and I'd obviously like to see that ramped up and taking it taking it a step further. Um, so yeah, just just making um, having those difference makers and seeing that. And we have we have some awesome players on our our our, our defense. So I like to see more of that. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Those opportunity turnovers yes, are definitely exactly. one of the things that I, I think kind of definitely turn the tide for us from, you know, being, you know, maybe five and 11 to being nine and seven. Yes, exactly. So the Bills aren't favored this Sunday against Baltimore and you have the Bills going eight and eight. Do you think that this Sunday will be one of those wins? Um, yes, I do. Ooh, all right. Yeah, yeah. I just think they're playing with a chip on their shoulder right now. There's a lot of talk in the the, the media. The fans are going to be amped up. We travel well. Um, yeah, I'm hoping to see a W this Sunday. So they, so I, I guess is one of the reasons that you think they might win because I, I don't know. I mean, the talk around you know Bills Twitter and Bills community is that their offensive line is bad. Um, you know, the play calling hasn't been good. Their defense hasn't looked particularly good. Part of me thinks that a lot of that is, has to do with game planning and, and coaching and the fact that they yeah. were moving around offensive pieces. Right. I mean, and, go ahead. I mean, to, I mean, to be honest, we have uh, a coach in Coach Dable. I'm, I'm so excited to see what he has in terms of his offensive scheme in not the preseason in a regular season game. Mm-hmm. So already I think that's a change that I, I'm welcoming and it's it's a risk. I mean, but I, I have faith in um, McDermott and um, even DeBole. So um, I think that will definitely be interesting to see on Sunday. Okay, cool. Cool. Now, yeah. now we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit. Um, you know, I know you tweet a lot about the Bills and sports in general, but mm-hmm. you also tweet a lot about dating and uh, <laughs> things you've run into personally. Um, I, mean, I guess, first of all, how important is it for you? Is that the guy that you're dating or the, the guy that you're on a date with actually knows anything about sports? Um, he doesn't know, like, need to know everything, but it's always good to just kind of be on my level at least. Um and if the guy is clueless, then, you know, check, please. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I mean, as far as a guy that knows sports, I mean, how hard is it to find someone that's also a Bills fan? Or is it, or is it even possible uh, in, in, in I, Boston? Extremely hard. <laughs> um, very hard. I see it from time to time on online dating apps, but I've come to grips with the fact that I might end up with a Patriots fan and I've I've come to terms with that worst case scenario but um you know love will have to conquer all 
That's awesome. That's awesome. It has to be a pretty big ring. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Well, Steffi, um, you know, they can find you on Twitter at Steffi Tweets. Yep. Um, where else can they find you? I think you have an IG account. Yeah, I have Steffi underscore grams. Um, yeah, so that that's my social media presence. And they can find your work on buffalorumblings.com. Yeah. You have an article that went up today about yep. um, fantasy football names. Uh, do you do you mm-hmm. have do you can you give us a couple of good ones? You know, ones um, that, that, that you know, can you tease a couple? Uh, I yeah, I can give you some of mine. Um I'm all about the Kelvin Benjamins or all about the Benjamins. Yeah. Um the real McCoys. Yeah. Uh I think I had like the Allen Town Dart Show. <laughs> I nice. mean you can have so yeah. much fun. Those are just suggestions and hopefully it'll it'll give people some some brainstorming. Um, because it, it's just fun to do. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, well, thank you again for coming on the podcast, Effie. Um, I really appreciate it. Absolutely, it's good to talk bills, and uh, we hope to do it again sometime soon. Awesome, thank you. Before we get into the Bills Ravens game and season preview, are you all ready for the season to start? Because it's it's literally in days, and what better way than to grab some awesome Bills gear that's not stupidly overpriced? And also goes to a good cause. Check out tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. Now there, our podcast has created several different Bills-themed graphics that come on any color or size t-shirt, hoodie, onesie, coffee mug, cell phone case, wall art, travel bag, or whatever. I mean, our pieces include the popular... Trust the Process Bills Head Coach logo, the Bills Hall of Famers banner, our always popular Circling the Wagons podcast logo, our end of the drought chart that we are doing a giveaway for this weekend. So follow us on Twitter at CTWPod for uh, more details on this and our very brand new Trust the Process t-shirt. Trust the Process. Show off your Bills fan pride with your friends and family. Before the season starts. And remember, we donate a portion of all proceeds to Hunter's Hope, Jim Kelly's charity to help newborn screening. So there's some cool stuff to check out. Please take a look. Even if you don't purchase anything, there's some cool stuff on there. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. Now, tpublic is spelled T-E-E, public.com slash stores slash ctwpod, just like our Twitter account. That was a great interview with Steffi, and I'm now joined in the studio for this episode by my co-host, voiceover Nick. Nick, great to have you on again. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's exciting. We're coming into a new season, man. Yeah, man. It, it, feels, it feels great. It feels, I can't believe it's here. I feel like we've been waiting for this. You know? I feel like a newborn baby. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say that, but okay, cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's a lot to talk about. We have... Uh, Bills roster cuts just uh, over the weekend. The Bills cut the roster to 53 people. We have a trade to discuss. We have uh, Peter Bin being named the starting quarterback to talk about. We have a preview of the Bills game uh, this Sunday against Baltimore. We have a preview of the Bills season, just an overview of how we think the Bills are going to do, uh, places where they you know, our little weak places that they're strong in, um, our outlooks in the season and, and so on and so forth. So first, 
Let's start. We have a lot to talk about. Let's start with the preseason cuts. The Bills on Saturday cut their roster down to 53 people. Um, there were a couple of surprising cuts. Uh, I think uh, the one that people mostly talked about was Corey Coleman. And uh, and I know you watched Corey Coleman on Hard Knocks. I mean, was that a surprising cut to you, or did you see that one coming? Well, it's interesting because uh, I think I texted you when when the, the trade was made and I was watching Hard Knocks, and, and it was just very clear that he wasn't catching anything in, in that show. But that could be editing. I mean, that's a reality show, so you don't course, know how yeah. they put that together. So you, you're hopeful that they're that they're coming into something a little bit new but i don't i guess when you and i talked about it on the last podcast that uh, you you had me on i think we described it as a good deal yeah and i guess my question to you is is it still a good deal now that we've cut him yeah it was one of those like high well, there was no. It was low risk, high reward, possibly. Um, I mean, he's three and a half million against dead money. So that does suck. Um, I think. I think for his potential, it was worth it. But I mean, he didn't show anything in the preseason, mind you. Some of those, a lot of those passes weren't catchable. And I think it's just one of those things that we don't know what what goes on in the locker room. From what I heard, it sounded like he didn't necessarily get on board. Yep. Uh, you know, you can't really speak to you know the the rumblings, if you will, of, of what's going on within within the camp, and, and and if he's learning the scheme, if he's catching up with with the offense. So maybe he just didn't catch on quick enough, and and that was just a case of hey, we gotta we gotta let you go, which is understandable. Yep, and it sounds like a continuation of the issues that they were having in Cleveland, where he obviously didn't buy in there, and he didn't buy in here either. So I mean, watching Hard Knocks, it sounded like he he asked be uh, traded Mm -hmm. so i think he's been unhappy in a lot of places and he probably needs to get his head on straight and buy into something to to really produce yeah yeah so i mean it won't be in buffalo he did not clearly did not trust the process so um there were other cuts that i that i personally thought were kind of surprising people i thought we just uh do could you do a sound drop every time you do trust the process and be trust the process (laughs) I'll look for that. Yeah, yeah. No, or you just do it every time I say it. Then you, you're the voiceover guy, so you just you can just do that. Okay. So let's say, trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Ooh, goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> Another big surprising roster cut to me was um, Rod Streeter. Now, I mean, we had seen a lot from him last preseason. Unfortunately, he. He, he had a big injury. He had a major injury last season before the season started. He was cut. He was brought back on. I thought he had a pretty decent preseason. He's a vet. They needed a vet. He was a speed threat. Um, they needed that, and um, they ended up cutting him, which was kind of surprising to me. I was I was a little bit hoping that they would keep him, but, um, again, I think I think they, they made way for guys like, uh, you know, maybe a younger guy on the, on the roster like Ray Ray McLeod that can do a little punt returning too. Um, Robert Foster, another another rookie, an undrafted rookie. Um, so we're going to talk about um, undrafted guys making the roster a little bit later. But but Rod Streeter, another Brandon Riley got cut too. I thought it was kind of surprising. And, and you and I talked about this before the podcast. Nick O'Leary. Yeah, that was really surprising. And and I think I feel like they talked about it during the preseason game that it seemed like O'Leary was kind of falling down the depth chart. Yeah. Uh, so it was interesting to see. So hopefully. It's for good reason because he he definitely has some chops and and uh, you know hopefully it's it's not for naught for him getting cut. Yeah, yeah. I mean they added two completely new tight ends from the roster from last year this year. So last year um, they also had Charles Clay and Logan Thomas on the roster, but now they have Jason Croom and Kari Lee. 
And, you know, Kroom looked good. Yeah, yeah. They, can't, uh, can't say he didn't look good. Exactly. You know, how do you compare against Nick O'Leary? I mean, it's, it's really tough. I mean, they're obviously seeing every snap in the, in the training camp, and they're seeing everything, so we got, kind of have to trust the process. <laughs> hey, I didn't say it. You can't, you can't just pull your own, pull your own sound bites. Well, uh, you think you are the host of this show? I, I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It's still good. Um, so were there any other surprising uh, cuts that you thought of that I didn't bring up? Uh, I would say Cadet. Traverse Cadet, yep. I felt like he's he's done a lot of good things, and uh, you know I'm a little bit surprised that that he was on the way out. But I mean, you know, again, we don't we don't know the full story, so I I, I guess uh, we'll have to see. So the running backs that they did keep: Sean McCoy, Chris Ivory, Marcus Murphy, which all three of those guys I can definitely see. Now we're um, the the and Patrick Demarco, I guess, is considered a running back slash fullback, and then Taiwan Jones. So it must have been between Taiwan Jones. And Traverse Cadet, and, and he looked, Traverse Cadet looked good that last preseason game, the fourth preseason game. I thought so. You and know? that's why that's the surprise for me is, uh, uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I think he'll be on a short list if somebody gets injured from those four guys ahead of him that he will come back. I don't think it was a matter that they didn't like him. I think it was probably just he and Taiwan Jones were probably just too close. And Taiwan Jones is probably just more of a special teams guy. Yeah, probably. You know, uh, for some reason, this regime really values, I, I understand why they value special teams, but sometimes I think they value them a little too much, but. That's probably why. Um, any surprising roster uh, guys that made the roster that surprised you at all uh, of the people that did? I can't say anyone in particular that I can think of uh, myself. How about you? So one that was surprising to me was Dion Lacey. Now, a lot of people probably didn't know who that was before the season. Honestly, I don't know where he came from, and I didn't really care to find out because I didn't think he was going to make the roster. Because he played in that last preseason game, and he was bad. He was bad all preseason. He played with the second and third teamers. He was number 44, if you guys didn't know where he was. And he was constantly, uh, people, he was uh, he was always terrible in pass coverage. Uh, the guys were always catching the ball. He was never catching up to them. He wasn't good in run support. And that goes for the entire linebacking core. So it's not just Deion Lacey, but I mean, I, I don't know if he's an undrafted guy or whatever, but like when, when a guy makes a roster and he's one of your linebackers, it's got to be for special teams again. But also, I mean, it just kind of goes to show you like how thin this linebacking core is when a guy like that makes a roster. You know, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that too because I think that's one of the things, you know, in the national media that I've heard a lot about is, is one of the big downfalls of this Bills team is how thin it is. Yeah. So it's very possible that, that they said, you know, we need, we need another linebacker. Yes, yes. And I want to talk about... Um, the depth later on when we talk about the season preview because you know that's something that luckily they didn't have to deal with a lot last season as far as injuries go but um we'll talk about that a friend of the podcast defensive end mike love the undrafted rookie um got cut from the 53-man roster but was ultimately signed to the eight-man practice squad so uh congrats to him if you are new to our podcast i highly highly recommend you check out both interviews we had with him um, we talked about his upbringing, and it, it's just really a great story, uh, what he's overcome along with a, a sneak peek behind the locker room doors in training camp and One Bill's Drive, the coaching staff, um, Coach McDermott, Leslie Frazier, and uh, I don't know, we hope to see him again in a Bill's uniform during the regular season at some point, and I'm sure we'll have him on again, so uh, congrats to him. Um, another huge piece of news this last weekend was uh, the same day of cuts. A.J. McCarron traded to the Oakland Raiders for a 2019 fifth-round pick. 
And, um, you know, A.J. McCarron had that really good comeback in the fourth preseason game. The Raiders, John Gruden, even going into that game, was saying that he didn't think that they had, excuse me, they didn't, he didn't have the backup quarterback necessarily on his roster, even though E.J. Manuel had a really good fourth preseason game. And A.J. McCarron, they, they get, the Bills end up getting a fifth-round pick for him. So a guy that wasn't going to be the starter and probably wasn't going to be the backup, I, I was okay with that. What did you think? This one confuses me a little bit. Uh, just from looking at the last preseason game and seeing that the offensive line wasn't doing what it needs to do to protect the quarterback's we're going to need a few of them because if they're on their backs all the time, I mean, you know, Josh Allen had to go through concussion protocol. Yep. Uh, even AJ McCarron earlier in the preseason, they thought he had broken his collarbone. Uh, maybe that's why they traded him. Cause they think maybe he's a little fragile. McCarron, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. McCarron. Uh, but it's surprising to get rid of a guy who is at a level of which you think he's at when you're probably going to need more quarterbacks. Yeah. As opposed to yes, Peterman starting, say something happens because the offensive line is not protecting him and he gets hurt and he has to go out, do you want to be putting Josh Allen in there to get pummeled mm-hmm. versus putting A.J. McCarron in there to get pummeled, and, and, and especially so early in Josh Allen's career? I thought that was kind of interesting. So it would be interesting to see if they bring on someone else yeah. to kind of fill that gap. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and they did bring in Paxton Lynch to, to kind of take a look at. Maybe they'll sign him. I don't know. I, I, I would think that they will uh, maybe they just go in with two quarterbacks i'm not sure well the curious thing about that too is is it's almost the exact same conversation that we had when they got mccarran as uh, i'm going to equate this to coleman to where we sat here and said man that's a good deal it's a good deal yeah and and now we're carrying dead two and two million dollars worth of dead money on another guy that we didn't keep so it's very interesting that they're bringing people on that we go, oh, man, that's some good business, and, and then they just get rid, of, get rid of them. Yeah, well, I think the only negative of the McCarran trade was just the cap hit, really, because they could get something for him, you know, and they weren't going to start him. He wasn't obviously the number two, one or number two guy. So, so how often <coughs> excuse me, can you get uh, a fifth-round pick for a third-string quarterback? Are we sure that he wasn't the number two guy, though? I mean, I think the whole the whole point of the the bringing Josh Allen up slowly was to let him learn from a veteran like McCarron. Uh, Peterman has not a ton of experience in the league, so the veteran role would be the McCarron person. So it seems like you'd have Josh Allen coming in at third uh, in learning. But that's you know, I mean, that's all just the the hypothetical of you know what's what is the plan and, and what are they really thinking in the long term? I don't know. Yeah. You know, Bean seems to always be working, you know, kind of trying to see what he can get for people. Like, I mean, if he can pull a trigger on a trade, maybe Oakland called him. You know, I, I, I'd be very curious to, to find that out. And and maybe with that third quarterback, maybe they just need a warm body like Paxton Lynch if something does happen. Because if something happens and you need your third quarterback, like you're done. You know, if Peterman and Allen are both out and you have to rely on a third quarterback, I mean... You know your your season's over, pretty much. But yeah, it's it is curious. I I, I was a, a fan of that just because, you know, we with to add to the other draft ammo that we have in 2019. I mean, there's gonna this this team is gonna this team still has some holes. Let's just put it that way for now. And um, you know, I I didn't think before but that first half you weren't gonna get anything for AJ McCarron. He was like five for 19 or something ridiculous like that. And then, you know, he pulls it together. And, and, you know, good for him because maybe it gives him a chance with another team. You know, not that I truly care what happens to A.J. McCarron if his life ends up amazing or whatever. You know, I don't, I don't root against him, but, you know, whatever. 
So um, yeah, I'm not worried about him. I'm I'm thinking about the Bills in the long term, and it's just very curious of what what these moves are, mm-hmm. and and just kind of interesting to say, you know, are they further ahead if they had just kept Tyrod and had Peterman be the backup, or have Peterman start and have Tyrod be the backup? I mean, there's really not a ton of yes. difference there. Yes, exactly. That's a good point about the Tyrod thing, and 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 I kind of wonder, you know, how this team would look if Tyrod was still quarterback. Would it would it would they have? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't want to play hypotheticals, but yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And you know, it might be something behind the locker room or, or in the locker room behind the scenes that um, that really forced us trade. But um, but yeah, so so the Bills. Yeah, McCarron have, had bo. They're like, we cannot <laughs> deal with this. <laughs> we have to get rid of him. Oh man, he's, he just he's, he stinks. I mean, it was hot out. And yeah. It was just it was terrible. Uh, so. <laughs> um, so also, I mean, huge news, probably the biggest news this week is Peterman was named the starting quarterback for week one, which I didn't honestly know if they were going to name a starting quarterback until, you know, the day of the game. Did you? I, did you know that they were going to? I guess I didn't know. I thought they might keep Baltimore guessing because they kept us guessing this whole time. I think this is a smart move, though. And, and did you see the Twitter post where they had the 37 second sizzle reel? Of Peterman on uh, Twitter, that was no, uh, no, I didn't see that. What was that? It was all of his great throws in the games that he's played, and there was a lot of filler in that thirty-seven seconds too. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, no, I think I think this is this is not something that surprises me at all, because it's very clear that that Josh Allen is coming along. I think we all think that he he had some good moments in in preseason. He had some not so good moments. Uh, you know, the thing with that last preseason game of seeing just how porous the offensive line is, the smart move is to put Peterman in. He's got a quick release yes. and he's shown that that he can get that done. And I think that's your best chance of actually being successful until Allen gets up to the point to where he is at that point, you know, where the game slows down enough for him to where he can execute under those circumstances. So I think I think Peterman's a smart move. Yeah, I I agree 100% with what you said. I I mean if you if you do it just based off and this regime is all about winning now and also winning later. And I think that the move to have Josh Allen sit and wait is the move to win later and Peterman's the move to win now. If you can, if you are going to win, he gives you your best chance now. I almost disagree with you with that statement though. What's that? And 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 I've said this I said this last time too is they seem to make a lot of comments of we're still re- rebuilding, we're rebuilding. And, and you see some of these moves to where you, you've said it a few times already tonight to where you start talking about the, the 2019 draft. Yeah. You're talking about 2019. And it's like, we haven't even started 2018. And yes. you've mentioned 2019 <laughs> at least three times. Well, and I, I, I'm just a fan of the draft. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing that I said, uh, I've said a couple of times is it, it feels like that's their goal. And they're like, yeah. If we win a couple of games this year, great. Yeah. But that's not our real goal. It's the long term that they're looking at. And, I, you know, so be it. That's fine. Uh, it, it's just very interesting to see how they go. Because I think most of these moves that they're making are long term goals. Yeah, not true. I mean, most of the national media has the Bills expected to rank either 31 or 32 in the league. Yes, exactly. There's, there's not yeah. a lot of high expectations yeah. based on what everyone's seen. And they haven't done a lot to you know, deter people from thinking that with the people they've traded with the dead cat that they have. And we'll go into that later, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, well, let's, let's go back to Peterman. Um, I, I wrote a, a post on Reddit. It was trending in the Buffalo bills, um, 
Reddit thread, which I'm kind of new to Reddit. I don't really know a whole lot about it, but I post there from time to time. Don't go too deep. Don't go too deep. <laughs> you go to get into the black dark web. Uh, you got to be careful. Web. You got to be careful. <laughs> okay, so if I stay in the Buffalo Bills section, I think the Reddit thread, I think I'm good. But basically I was saying, you know, I, I wrote this thing and I had the louder than Crowder meme. Have you ever seen that one before? I, I know I sent it to you. That's the guy sitting on the table in the park and he has this thing, you know, the, in front of his table, this long, this big white sheet of paper. And it says something in it. I don't actually know what the actual saying it says, but in the bottom it says, change my mind. So louder than Crowder is a very right wing, whatever. I, I don't care about that. But but I put over it, Nathan Peterman should start week one, change my mind. So in my explanation of this, and it, and it got a lot of hits and Reddit, like I said, it was trending. It got a lot of feedback on Facebook in Twitter, if you're not following us on Facebook, um, Circling the Wagons Podcast, uh, on Twitter, it's at CTW Pod, Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod. Um, but basically, I said, you know, he needs to start. He had an 80.5% completion percentage. Um, he's, looks, he's looked the best of the three quarterbacks in the first team offense. Like you mentioned, he has he's had a quick release that could offset a pass rush. It allows Allen to sit and acclimate to the NFL speed of the game and the complexity of its plays. And, and you and I talked last podcast that we were together that, um, you know, Allen is a raw quarterback and he didn't come out of a, a huge program, you know, a national championship, you know, winning sort of team with a complex playbook. I mean, he came from a very small division. He wasn't, uh, you know, even a Carson Wentz of his division at that time. So this guy has a lot of tools but I don't think he's ready for the speed of the game. And, you know, he was close to getting a concussion in one half of actual football. And with the offensive line playing the way it is, you know, I, I, I just didn't think it was – it was. It's not, it's not smart. It's not it's, prudent. It's not prudent. And, you know, Peterman has a quick release. And not only does Peterman have a quick, quick release, is I've noticed from this preseason, last season he was a rhythmic passer. It would be like boom, boom, out. Boom, boom, out. So quarterbacks used to jump those routes. But this season, I you saw in the first preseason game, you saw in in, uh, in that pass to, to Benjamin, he held on to it a little bit longer. I don't know if he pump faked it, which would be a feed into itself for a, a Buffalo Bills quarterback to do a pump fake for God's sake. But I, he threw it to Kelvin Benjamin; it was a perfect throw. Guy was wide open, you know. So so I think he's learning, and he's so it gives so it gives Allen a chance to acclimate to the game, even if it's four or five games. The Bills have a murderer's row of defensive teams the first three games. I mean, you have Baltimore week one, which we're going to discuss. We have the Los Angeles Chargers, another rematch of Peterman versus the Chargers week two. And then week three is the Minnesota Vikings, which have a great defense. So um, so you have to trot you know, Peterman out there. He's looked good. He's one of the few quarterbacks so far that's gotten the ball to their best wide receiver already. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what he's got to see. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, rookie quarterbacks, people are like, well, if you drafted him seventh overall, you got to start him. You know, but, but, but my. When did that start? I, I don't know. It he, feels like in the last few years, last that's few years. when it started. It used to be you, you draft a rookie and maybe his third or fourth year is when you would actually start him. So it's, it's, it's interesting that these, you know, it, it, we're all about instant gratification these days. And I, I let the guy learn. He's like, 12 years old, isn't he? <laughs> he <laughs> looks like it. He really does. Yeah, he does. But, I mean, he's, he's young. He's like 20, 21. Yes, like exactly. He, he's, 20. He's, he's a young kid. Can't even drink, for <laughs> yeah. God's sake. Don't put him in a... <laughs> just, these guys hit hard. I, 
So, exactly. You know, it is very recent. Like, you have, you think like Cam Newton, Russell Wilson, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. But the difference between those guys is they came from big-time programs, and they were at, like, the top, the upper echelon of college football when they made it into the draft, and they were the best ones by far on their team. Like, there wasn't a, a competition. There, was, there was, wasn't a question if Cam Newton was better than, um, who was it, Jimmy Clausen. <laughs> like, it, was, it was very clear. I mean, Cam Newton just won a national championship with a team that beat Alabama, you know? So Russell Wilson had a very good, very good college career in big uh, big conferences, and same with Marcus Mariota and James Winston. They were both good. And mind you, like, None of them are like, I mean, Cam Newton aside and Russell Wilson aside, Marcus Mario and James Winston aren't amazing yet. This is like their fourth year. So, you know, they're getting there. It'll take some time. So I personally uh, was all for it. Um, but there does seem to be a very strong um, constituent of Bills fans that really can't look past that 5 INT game. And um, well, it is record setting. He's record setting five interceptions in one half. And, you know, I'm not going to deny this, and I don't, again, I don't necessarily think he's the answer at all. I think Josh Allen has all the tools and, you know, the raw tools to, to become the franchise quarterback. But, I mean, I, I feel like at some point you just got to let that go, you know. Um, the five-interception game, I mean, the guy, the guy could have, what did you want him to do? I, and I wrote this in a Twitter post recently. Like, what do you, what did you want him to do, retire after that? I mean, just I, give, give the man some credit. I mean, he, he picked himself up from that, very, that debacle. And he beat out two other quarterbacks. And unlike other off seasons, not maybe not recently, but in the past, it wasn't by default. He literally did it with his play. So, um, so I think they made the right, the right call for the short term and the long term. Let's let's hope to see. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about season overview in a, in a I, minute. I still reserve the right to call him record setting quarterback Nate Peterman. Yeah. Yeah. I will continue to be doing that. <laughs> Not that I have any. I think he's done great. I, you know, to persevere and come back, it's awesome. But I, I, I still. <laughs> one less, one less interception. Would that have been okay? Oh no, no, not at all. No, okay. <laughs> you wait, still call. Yeah. Wait, is, is was would four be a record? <laughs> I don't think so. I think five was the record in the first half of your first game. First half of your first NFL start. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, just looking at that real quick. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. I don't know if he should have been thrown in there at all looking back at it, especially with Rick Dennison's offense. And uh, it, it just wasn't a good situation against a no, good it's, team. It's away. I have railed against that decision for months, and I won't get into that again, but it's, it's a situation of where I think Bill's fans fall into this quite a bit of, oh, he's the new shiny quarterback. I bet he's better. Yeah, yeah, like Schro- Schro- Schrodinger's quarterback. quarterback, like you mentioned in the last podcast. And and so I think he got thrown to the wolves a little bit, and uh, you know things happen. Yeah, exactly. So I don't necessarily put it all on him, but it is. Uh, oh yeah. It, but I do give him credit. He's he's come back, and I think he looks great. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see. You know, what's funny is on a side note, my my wife and I were watching the third preseason game when he came in, and. Um, she was like, wow, he looks really good. And my wife follows football, but not obviously as close as you and I do. And she was like, wow, he looks like a quarterback, just the way he's handling the pocket. Now, mind you, the pocket was a little bit better for him than it was for Josh Allen in the third preseason game. But, I mean, he looked, he looked good. He's staying in the pocket, making the right reads. He, he did um, slide a couple of times, and he slid feet first instead of head first. He learned that. That is a big thing. Josh, Josh Allen, Allen has, has not. not. <laughs> uh, still exposing his head to 300-pound uh, linemen. So, um, you want to get those first two concussions out early. 
in your career because you really want to not be bright by the end of your uh, your your career. Oh, I know, I know. Ugh. So, um, so now let's do a preview of the Bills game this Sunday. It's at 1 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time in Baltimore on CBS. The Vegas odds of the Bills game this Sunday against Baltimore, Baltimore minus seven. So the Bills are not favored in this game. In fact, stop it. <laughs> believe it or not, and the rest of the, uh, the national media and everything don't really uh, believe in the Buffalo Bills right now. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, go figure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so not only that, so we have that game. The odds of the Bills to win the AFC East right now are 20 to 1. Now, if I were to tell you that they were 20 to 1, you think the, who do you think is lower or higher, the Dolphins or the Jets? Obviously, the, the, the Patriots are the favorite. They're 1 to 6, which is just unbelievable. But, I mean, it makes sense. It's just a crazy odds. Lower than the Bills or lower than each other? Lower than the Bills. Do you, do you think any of those two are lower than the Bills, the Dolphins or the Jets? At this point? Yeah. Maybe the Jets. Maybe the Jets, right? I mean, they've got a rookie quarterback. I mean, there's a lot of questions there. Maybe the Jets. Okay. Am I right? The Jets are 16-1. to 1. So they have a better odds of winning the AFC East than the Bills. Well, I was kind of thinking it was a trick question because it seems like the entire national media says the Bills are going to be 31 or 32. So that only means that if they're 31, then that means the Dolphins have to be 32 for the odds to be a little Dolphins better. Dolphins have a better chance than the Jets, 10 to 1. Well, yeah, this is what I'm saying. You tricked me. I did trick you. I yes. don't appreciate that. <laughs> I, led, I led you I into the wrong... <laughs> if you knew it, you should... You're untrustworthy. I got you. Yes, yes. I never said I was trustworthy. So. <laughs> You're very gullible, by the way. That's true. That's... <laughs> I've been drinking. So so yeah so the so the Patriots at one to six obviously they're probably going to win the the AFC East the Dolphins at ten to one second best odds the new and by the way the Dolphins have completely you know blown up their roster like it is ridiculous the only thing I guess that they could say is Ryan Tannehill coming back I guess you know because they've gotten rid of Jarvis Landry at least for the first two weeks until he gets injured till, again. yeah until he tears another <laughs> <laughs> he's got at least one more left right yeah yeah the Jets at 16 to 1 with I guess Sam Darnold is quarter I don't know rookie quarter I don't know and then the Bills at 20 to 1 and and it should be noted the Bills have the absolute worst odds of any team in in the NFL to win their division the Browns have a better chance to win their division at 10 to 1 than the Bills have at the winning their division at 21. So so they're saying the Browns have twice as good a chance to beat the Steelers to win their division than the Bills have to beat the Patriots. So I think that speaks probably a little That's bit more fair. to the, the That's Steelers. That's more to the division. Yeah, the division. I mean, you know, Roethlisberger is ancient. Yeah. And he was never very mobile to begin with. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's not necessarily surprising. And Patriots always seem to be good. Yeah, they do. They do. So uh, Irritatingly so. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, for the time being. So, I don't know. I just well, Tom that Brady has that personal trainer with the nutritional things. And uh, it's all very yeah. direct for Regimented, him. Regimented, yes. Regimented, thank yes. you. I <laughs> lost that word. Yeah. I, I grabbed it. He only eats nuts and berries. Drinks water from it's only the purest of streams, from the, <laughs> flown in from Colorado mountains. From the mountains, like some, some, yeah, some native just like cups it with their hands. Yes, <laughs> their, their purell hands or what? <laughs> organic, yeah, organically purell hands. Um, so, oh, real quick, I, I was on, 
um, another podcast called the Torin Podcast recently. Um, if you haven't checked them out, please do. They normally talk a lot of music, movies, and video games. And you can find them on any podcast site um, that's out there. Uh, we talked a lot about the start of the football season, our favorite football movies, and talked a lot of bills there. So uh, you'll get some interesting takes that we're not going to talk about tonight. And even uh, the recent shooting at the EA tournament, which the shooter just happened to be a Bills fan, um, unfortunately. And uh, we discussed that and more. Um, I had a great time with those guys. Um, it's a really good podcast, so, so be sure to check that out, um, the, po- the Torrent Podcast. Um, I'm going to tweet out the link um, when it's all set. Um, it'll be set by the time this, this podcast airs. And, yeah, definitely check it out. Um, hey, Nick. Nick, what's your? do you have a favorite football movie? I've got a couple. I mentioned them last time we were on is uh... – uh, Necessary Roughness, mm-hmm. you know, a classic 90s football film. Scott Bakula. Kind, kind of the bad news bears of uh, football. Mm-hmm. And then more or less a remake of that movie, The Replacements, with uh, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John Favreau, John I believe, Favre. is in that. Yep. Uh, Jason Bateman might be in both of them. Oh, is he really? I'm going to have to look Bateman that up. Bateman wasn't in, wasn't in um, Necessary Roughness, was he? Oh, he was, he was in Necessary Roughness for sure. Oh, he was? Was he a sportscaster? No, he was... Uh, the that, play-by-play announcer? You're thinking about dodgeball. Oh, yeah. No, no. Jason Bateman was a young 20-year-old lad in Necessary Roughness. Really? Played uh, a rich kid whose father bought you know the library for the school and, and all those sorts of things. And then The Replacements, I feel like he's in there. I'm going to have to check this out. Okay. But uh, uh, yeah, both are pretty much the same movie of just the, the, the dregs... Mm-hmm. of players that they can cobble together to make a team that, uh-huh. that uh, uh, I think both of them at any given time have a have a, a fist fight with the other teams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, Necessary so, Roughness, the, the premise behind that was, because it was a ragtag team, was that the, the college lost all their scholarships for some reason. Dr- uh, uh, doping and money and okay. all the different college scandals that you can possibly imagine. Of course. They still existed in 1991, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the replacements was more of the uh, there strike? NFL going on strike. NFL going on strike, yeah. And they were scabs that came across, and you had to get reactivate Keanu. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I love both of those nice, movies. Nice, those are good <laughs> movies. Those are good movies. So we actually didn't talk a lot about those movies. So those are. I'm glad you brought them up now in this podcast. So, but in that podcast, we talk about maybe a little bit more of the very famous ones. You had some good deep cuts, though. So, um, so nice. So, so let's talk about Bill's overall season thoughts. Um, from my perspective, I was putting a little thought into it this weekend with the roster cuts. The trade of AJ McCarron, Nathan Peterman becoming a starter, the people that made the roster, the people that got caught, and I was putting it all together. And I, I guess, and, and not to be negative, um, because I think I'm always an optimistic Bills fan when it comes down to it. Yeah, that's my job. To be <laughs> negative. <laughs> exactly. I'm not. I'm not trying to take your job away, Nick, of being, you know, the curmudgeon or or, or what have you. I'm not but, that old. <laughs> I might be a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> um, but I, I kind of feel like all of our fears from the beginning of the season, have kind of come to fruition. So things that had happened, you know, with, with you know, the re- sudden retirements of Eric Wood and, and, and Richie Incognito and the trade of Cordy Glenn, the poor old line I mean, the old line so far with the additions they've made in the draft and free agency, they, they don't seem to be better. No. Um, th- that's an understatement, I think. Um, it, it looks pretty rough, to be honest. Um, um, there's, the, there's been a lack of weapons on this team since last season. They haven't really addressed that. And they're kind of paying for it. So I, I kind of mentioned that with um, the people that made the roster, like um, like Robert Foster, uh, you know, undrafted free agent, um, you know, guys like that. 
it just speaks to the the lack of talent they have at that position. If you're relying on undrafted guys to make your roster, it's, it's different if you're like fourth, fifth round guys. That, that's one thing. But like if you're relying, just like I said, Deion Lacy, I, maybe he's a special team guy, whatever. But if you're but if you're relying on those guys to make up the core of your team, like your team's very thin. Sure, you might have Tremaine Edmonds as your starting linebacker and Matt Milano, which to this point, you know. The book's still out on both of them. Matt Milano had a very good season last year. Hopefully he builds off that, doesn't have a sophomore slump. And Tremaine Edmonds, hopefully he lives up to some of their expectations that have been put on him. But, you know, there's linebacker depth issues. Their linebacker um, play, as far as I'm concerned, in all four preseason games that I've seen has been pretty rough. Um, it's If the defensive line doesn't make the tackle, then it's usually, I feel like it's a secondary. They usually get to that second level almost almost regularly, you know, um, and that's not good. I mean, when, you know, it was a Sierra Neal had like 10, 10 tackles. It's like, why is your starting safety having 10 tackles? Like, what does that say about your linebacking core? And so even when Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano were in there, I didn't think that they looked stout. Um, even to the point where they were last year. And I wasn't even a big fan of London, or I was about to say London Fletcher, Preston Brown. Um, But it just, it just, there was a lack of linebacker depth going into the season and it's still there. And if you think about it, they haven't really addressed any of those three positions, offensive line, wide receivers and and linebackers. I mean, they they drafted, you know, um, Tremaine Edmonds, but, you know, Julian Stanford made the team, and like I said, Deion Lacy. They're not talented guys. Um, wide receivers, uh, offensive linemen, they, they just put, like, no money. It seemed like this this offseason was secondary, uh, defensive line, and, you know, a couple of other positions, but just definitely, you know, just lacking those things. So, and, and, and are we really surprised? Because the dead cap uh, for this season is $53 million. So there's players that that make up that cap. I know Nick, you have them. You have them written down. But I mean, of 188 million, they have 53 million in dead cap. That's that's. Well, just look at look at some of the the, the top ones here. You got Darius, yep. 13 million. Uh, Eric Wood is 10 million. Cordy Glenn is three. Tyrod or Tarod, Tarod, <laughs> Tarod is seven. Uh, you know, Coleman's another three. Uh, McCarron's two, Incognito one, and then you get kind of into the smaller guys. But no, it's it's kind of crazy how much how much dead money that we're carrying. Yeah. Uh, so it's you know kind of more go- than any other team in the NFL. Yeah, the second the second most is uh, Dallas, which I think they're high twenties. High twenties. We're in the fifties, and we're in the fifties, so yeah. it's almost half. So it's over thirty percent of our cap right now is dedicated to players that aren't on the roster. Yeah. So you have seventy percent of the money to pay for a, a team. In which a lot of people have, you know, ninety percent of the money. So. Which again goes back to what I was saying before: is I think they're looking long term, not short term. They have to be. I think they're they're leaning hard into this. We're rebuilding and uh, really hoping that with a ton of cash next year that they'll be able to to do some things and yes. have a have a quarterback in Josh Allen who's experienced enough who can take the reins of being that franchise guy that we hope he is, and uh, and go from there. And that's why it's a little bit tough coming into the 2018 season talking about 2019 you're like do we, do we need to watch these games <laughs> <laughs> well i think i think we kind of have to look at this um this season kind of um with the same view that we had last season last season they lost a lot of talent they traded away a lot of talent and this is still a completely new team from last season that's the crazy part it is it is we thought that a lot of that was done but it wasn't you know they're continuing excuse me to rebuild it so um 
yeah, I, I and we looked at last season. We we had very low expectations, and they far exceeded them. And I think we kind of have to have the same the same uh, look at the at this at this season too. And and you know, uh, so so let me give you some quick stats from last year on offense. They were 29th in total yards. Not that, obviously, not good. 31st in passing, which we knew. Steffi talked about that in our in our interview. That they they really need to you know improve in passing. Um, they were sixth in rushing rushing yards and 22nd in points for. So I mean, besides rushing yardage, I mean, they were really below average in just about everything. Do you think we're going to be better in rushing yardage this year with a terrible O line? Um, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I it, it seems hard. Doesn't it seems seem hard. likely. It doesn't seem likely. No, no. And if you look at like just for example, fantasy because we will play fantasy. A lot of people play fantasy. Lejean McCoy is not nearly drafted as high as he was last year. This year, you know, and that's because people don't think his production is going to be as well. It's like stock, right? The, the stock value for Lejean McCoy has gone down, and the reasons that you just mentioned, the offensive line. And, you know, the new quarterback play in Tyrod, uh, you know, allows, uh, say what you will, but he allows for more running plays because people always have to be worried about what he can do with his feet. They don't have to worry about that with Peterman. So, um, And that's why I think it, it's, you know, you can throw the stats out from last year. And again, like I said, this is a completely different team. Completely. You've got a completely different offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, defensive-wise, I think maybe you get, you get a little bit of stability, but not a ton. No. So it's hard to compare last year to this year. This year, it's just we got to hope for the best. And, and for me, I'm hoping that uh, Dable or Dable. Dable, yeah. Dable. Yeah. You sure? Yeah, pretty, pretty sure. All right. <laughs> Did. Hope, Table, hopefully yeah. he's bringing a lot to the table. As I mentioned last time, you know, from what I was hearing, he has a lot more complex schemes than they had with Dennison. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully there's some schemes in there that can uh, offset some shortcomings in the offensive line, offset some of the inexperience at quarterback, and offset some of these things and, and really throw some interesting aspects into the game that give them more of an advantage than we saw in preseason because – you don't want to show your cards in preseason, as, exactly. as you know. And the same thing with defense. You know, hopefully there's some things there to once they start to actually game plan. Yes, uh, that they'll look a lot more stout than they did. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of we're, we're we're down to the time will tell. It's, yes. It's a put up or shut up, and we'll we'll know a heck of a lot more after after the game this week. Exactly. And I was gonna I was gonna bring this up later, but since you already touched on it, I, I mean, on a positive note about that, I mean, coaching does matter. I mean, from from your, I mean, you, we saw it in a negative viewpoint from when Rex Ryan took over Jim Schwartz's defense. How important coaching was! It was almost the same exact team and roster, and the defense was terrible the next season compared to what Jim Schwartz had them playing at. You know, different scheme. It, it does matter, even with the same personnel. So, on a positive note, and that goes back to the movie The Replacements <laughs> and Necessary Roughness. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, thank, thank you. I was hoping you would bring those back up again. <laughs> Do you see me like winking at you? Like, bring it up, bring it, bring it oh, up. Oh no, I saw. <laughs> um, We're, we've got a. We got the, I know. We, we just we just know each other that well, man. <laughs> um, trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> nice. Um, but coaching does matter. It can lift a team from that we thought like last year was going to be three and thirteen to a nine and seventeen that made the playoffs. Now, obviously, a lot of things went in their way in their favor that normally didn't from previous seasons to get to that point. But 
they performed a lot better than we, than we thought they but would. But it's that luck is the preparation meets opportunity. And I think that's what we saw last year a little bit more is they were a little more prepared to take advantage of the interceptions, of the times that, that things worked out for them. Because, you know, as a Bills fan, it felt like for the last decade, nothing ever went our no. way. We always, you know, the call always went the wrong way. And, exactly. and, and I think that's a little bit of, uh, you know, you know, feather in the cap of the coaching. I think, you know, hopefully that continues this year in, in terms of how they're doing it. And, you know, we watched in those embedded specials, mm-hmm. you know, there's, that's what they're preaching. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Process driven, process oriented, trust the process, trust the process. All right. So let's get down to defense. Last year, they were 26th in total yards, 20th in passing yards, which you thought we thought the secondary was pretty good, below average still. Um, 29th in rushing yards. It was they were completely terrible against the run, historically terrible in like I, I believe a four game stretch, and uh, 18th in points against. So they were they were in that respect to bend but don't break break defense for the most part, um, but that could still be improved upon. And I don't know. I'm hoping with the additions of Harrison Phillips. And Tremaine Edmonds, that the, the at least the rushing yards will go down. Let's let's force these quarterbacks to beat us, because I, I'm hoping Tre'Davious White. You know, he's one of my favorite players at all of all on this team. I think I think he's a great player. He's he's had one of the best like pro football focused um, scores of almost all cornerbacks. He was great last year. I just hope he doesn't have a sophomore slump. I'm always worried about these guys because we saw that with Ronald Darby a couple yeah. seasons ago. Um, it's 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 common. Um, again, with Matt Milano, he he stepped up in a big way. I hope he doesn't have a, a step back. Um, Don't forget Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde. Well, he wasn't. It wasn't a second year player. He was a free agent. No, I just mean in terms of the defense. Oh, oh yeah, as a whole. in general. Yeah. Like I think there's a, you know there's a lot of lot of aspects there are positive, mm-hmm. and uh, you know hopefully the the newer guys can grow and and uh, you know Edmund specifically, specifically catches up with the game. You know I think he, that's going to be a, a big factor. So. You know, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how they adapt and how they grow. And, I, and I'll give you a I'll give you a hot take Ooh. right now. Ooh, it's, all right, you know, let's fresh hear it. fresh off the fire. Okay, let's hear it. If the defense can can make it so the other team doesn't score more points, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm I'm listening. They're going to win a lot more. Whoa, whoa! You heard it here, folks. <laughs> if the defense wait wait, can you repeat that again, just so everyone has if the it. defense uh-huh. doesn't allow the other team to score more points? Uh-huh. They're going to have at least. Seventy percent more. Wins. Ooh, whoa, whoa! All right, all right. Can't, so can't argue with the numbers. <laughs> I see. This is you're also our statistician for the podcast too. I didn't mention that our analytics department, our statistician. Sixty percent of the time, it works <laughs> every time. Every time. Um, so yeah, so we're hoping a lot. You know, we'll see again with coaching the way it was. It was very vanilla in the off or in the preseason. So and we're hoping things. So, but what? Speaking of last season. So I gave you the stats for it. What's one thing that you think the Bills did poorly in last season that you really want them to improve upon this season? I think, I think the run defense, it felt like that's where they really, the hole was the biggest in terms of when teams ran over them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when they really lost big. Uh, because the, the pass defense, I felt, like you said, it was bend, bend not break more so oh, yeah. than when, when teams were just gashing them. Those were the games that they really got blown out. And, you know, obviously when you have a good run game going, you opens up the pass game too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would say hopefully they can step that up a little bit more. The, the run defense was a huge issue, as we, as we just stated. I agree 100%. Um, one thing that I want to see this season specifically, and we haven't seen Trent Murphy really yet, um, I want to see the pass rush get better. I think the quarterbacks had a lot of time 
back there in the pocket, even this preseason. So just they, they just sat back there. I mean, Andy Dalton had all day in that game just to pick apart the Bills' defense. Hey, don't pick on Andy Dalton. <laughs> he's a Buffalo favorite. You know what? He's dead to me. No, no. <laughs> no, I still I still love you, Andy. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, I, they, in every game, they just, the guy had a ton of time to play, even his backup. I forget who his backup is, but the guy was just sitting back there. It was, Wasn't it AJ McCarron? <laughs> no, no, in, in that preseason game. Not <laughs> well, yeah, last year it was AJ definitely AJ McCarron. AJ McCarron did not have a lot of time this preseason to throw. <laughs> uh, so, pass rush is something they were tied for 29th in sacks last season, which is awful. It's terrible. So I'm hoping Leslie Frazier can coach him up. They get, uh, you know, I mean, they have a lot. I'm hoping Shaq Lawson takes a big step forward. The, the addition of Trent Murphy helps. Eddie Yarbrough, I think, is solid depth. And maybe the addition of Star Lay, you know, because they had that huge hole in the middle of their defense last season when they traded Marcel Darius. Maybe he can help plug that hole and also take up a couple more defenders so that a defensive end pass rusher can get around the edge. And you also have to look at the progression of Edmonds. Yes, you know if he's reading if he's reading things correctly, he's going to be able to step up there and and, and make some plays too. Uh, so this is you know I think I think you're right. I, if you let a quarterback have five minutes to throw, chances are he's going to make that <laughs> yeah, throw. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, as opposed to the what was it like a one and a half seconds in that preseason game, which exactly. was a long time for, exactly. for. So no, I agree. I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. One thing I also want them to improve upon is yak yards after catch. Because I feel like the last few years, it's just been a pass-tackle. Uh, you pass to the wide receiver over the middle, it gets tackled right away. Passing a comeback route or a hitch, the guy gets tackled right away. It's been very few instances, and I don't know if that's a, if that's a, you know, if it's a, if it's because of Tyrod being, not being able to look over the middle and find the open guy, or he was very short, or he, he was very short, and uh, or Rick Dennison's off or whatever. It's just the the really lack of creativity offensively i want to see a guy catch a ball and run for like five or ten yards that is one thing in the preseason that seemed like they did a lot more of a little bit right yeah yeah so i I think that's something that is definitely doable especially if benjamin can stay healthy and 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 continue to be as tall as he is (laughs) i hope for all of our sakes he continues to be tall jeez you know it'd be a terrible so i mean those two things i I feel like i feel like there's a good chance but no i think in the preseason that was something that we noticed Uh, i think you and i both talked about it is uh, you know hitting guys more in stride Absolutely. you know i can't remember who specifically was better at that if it was peterman mccarran or allen i mean i think they all had some they all good, had some they all had some good some good flashes. moments and then you know combine that with some actual complex offensive coordinating mm-hmm. you know maybe that improves even more so so i'm a i'm dare i say optimistic whoa 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 you went from being completely pessimistic to optimistic wow i like it i'm a complicated guy <laughs> 31st in the nfl to okay all right well, let's 31st see what they got. to at least 28 <laughs> 28th wow huge huge mark my words <laughs> another hot take um so <laughs> so we talked about things that we want to see them improve upon from last season that they didn't do so well um last season and we want them to do better this season what's one thing that they did well Last season, that you'd like to. They didn't throw interceptions. They didn't throw interceptions. So you'd like to see them continue to not throw interceptions. I would. Yes. It's curious that they got rid of the guy who didn't throw the interceptions. So, yes. So we'll have to see if the guy who did throw interceptions can uh, continue the take the take the mantle. When I was uh, making the point last season in, in a podcast for. Peterman starting, I did note that he didn't turn the ball over a lot at Pitt. Now, of course, that came back to bite me right in the ass. As soon as he gets the start, he throws five interceptions in one half. But so you the, were right. So I was. Uh, you were proven right. No, I was. I was saying that I didn't 
think he would throw interceptions. Oh, and then you were wrong. Yeah, then I was, oh, <laughs> I was not right. So um, I'm hoping that that even a few more interceptions, as long as it leads to more passing yardage and passing touchdowns, which we didn't say that before, but, I mean, passing yardage and passing touchdowns have got to go up. Just They just have to. You can't be 31st in passing again and expect to make a deep run in the playoffs. You just can't. We're, we're looking at the situation. We're coming into the age of the, the gunslinger yes. in terms of a Bills quarterback. Uh, you know, are we going to have a Brett Favre in, in Josh Allen to where, yeah, he's probably going to heave it down the field quite a lot, and he might get some interceptions, yeah. but he's still going to connect on on however many, and, and that's net positive. Yeah. And I think with Peterman, too, you know, he's he's got more of an arm than, than Tyrod did, and he's probably going to heave it down a little bit further, too. So I think that's the mentality that the whole offense is going to be is a little bit more gunslinger-ish, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. I mean, Fitzpatrick... Yes was amazing yeah. until he wasn't, yeah. and then he'd be amazing again until he wasn't again. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully the Petermans and the Allens that are coming in have a little bit more consistency than, than Fitzpatrick did in terms, of, in terms of that gunslinging. I mean, an Amish rifle is pretty accurate. Yes. <laughs> well, except when it came down to winning fourth quarter games. Until, I mean, until they, the end of the game, <laughs> until yes. The end of the game. We threw that key uh, interception. Um, I, think, I think one thing... Um, that I want them to do well last season and and, and I want them to continue is, is take advantage of turnovers at, at opportune times in the secondary. I mean, they did that so many times where they would end a game on a turnover or they'd get a pick six or whatever. Um, you know, I, I The defense won more games than the offense last year. That's just, well, I can't say that's a fact, but it feels like that's true. Absolutely. I mean, the, the games that they that they didn't win for the most part were games that they just couldn't keep up with the offense. Yes. So, I mean, the defense let them down. The offense was not built last year to to be high scoring. Score what you <laughs> to, would call points. Yes. Yeah, quote unquote. Quote unquote. <laughs> um, if you want to get technical, you know, with all this football jargon we're throwing around today. <laughs> um, so I'd like to see a lot more of that. I'm hoping they can continue to do that. Like with, with what you said, with process, with, you know, opportunity and practice breeds, you know, or whatever you said earlier, that, that thing that you said. So continue doing that. <laughs> You know, um, I didn't talk about breeding earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Something about process plus this equals that, and oh, if then, then this. preparation plus Prepar- opportunity equals luck, or yes, whatever it is. Yes, and some of those were a little bit of luck, but I mean, again, preparation and and whatever else you just said. So, um, um, one thing I, I posted this on Reddit, and uh, and one guy uh, brought it up, uh, Soda Popinski. Um, said that, you know, uh, last year we were really good at, at winning close games. They have to keep doing that, which I agree 100% because of the way this team is built. I don't know, again, I don't know if this year it's built to score 40 points. So you the, the defense has to keep them in those games, and the offense just has to hold on to the lead and, you know, run the ball well. And, you know, one thing I, I, I'd like to see them do that I didn't mention earlier is I'd like to see them sustain longer drives. Let's keep the defense off the field. I think I think that comes down uh, the winning the winning of close games. I winning think that games. comes down to composure, and I think that's going to be another test of, of Peterman having a little more experience. It's going to be you know we'll see if Allen gets in there. I mean these are things that uh, you know for better for worse. Tyrod had composure, like he was very rarely rattled. Yes. in those scenarios, and they resulted in oh it's close. We can probably pull this out, and and they did. So I think I think that'll be a test of Peterman's uh, confidence and. And stamina, and we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. Yes, absolutely. unless none of them are close, and then 
We'll never know. You'll never know. So unless there's anything else you wanted to add about, you know, things going last season compared to this season, um, things that you want them to continue to do well. Um, no, just just because I, I think, as I voiced before, this is such a completely different team. It's so hard to go last season versus this season. You might as well be comparing them to, you know, 2007 Bills versus yeah. now. I mean, it's just there's so many differences that that you, that you can't really do much. <laughs> roster turnover has been pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, you don't even have the same, you know, offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's so yeah. many things that are different that uh, that it, it's it's so hard to. It's hard. It's hard to quantify. Yeah. Yeah. So on a positive note for this, the way this season is going, I know some of it has been negative, or at least not very positive. Um, but but we hit on a coaching. We don't know how this coaching could be if 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 the offense under Dable is better than the offense under Rick Dennison, We could be talking another win or two easily than last year that yeah. they wouldn't have had. True uh, games that because because there were games that they couldn't win because they couldn't score the extra touchdown or two. Or whatever, or and know. I think that's the big X factor is how do they game plan, how do they coach, and you know what are the calls going to look like? Are we going to, you know, I can't remember how many years ago it was just like up the gut, yeah, the up the gut exactly every <laughs> every down, run run pass, yeah, punt, <laughs> yes, it was a great progression, exactly. But uh, so I think that's the big X factor is what does the offensive scheme look like and how do they execute given the deficiencies that they may have. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think, I think it can be a difference maker, but I'm being optimistic. Exactly, I, I, I agree. I think it can be a huge difference maker, and you know, from from what little we've seen in the preseason with games and schemes, schemes, uh, they they look kind of creative already. Yeah. So we were kind of like, is, are you sure you want to give, you know, let all your cards out? Like, you sure you want to show all your cards it's in a the preseason? Thick binder. <laughs> it better be. Those binders are like, yeah. three inches. Rick Dennison's was like a, a, a crumbled up napkin <laughs> compared to hopefully what Brian Dable is showing. <laughs> and I think uh, scribbled no less with like a watermarks on it. So you can barely it's read like, it. Is that a, is that a two? <laughs> is that a niner? Were you? <laughs> Calling from a walkie-talkie? A G? G? <laughs> Is that a monkey fucking a coconut? Oh. Um, that's a great that, play. That's <laughs> you shouldn't badmouth that play. <laughs> so, um, I called that the money shot. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, so we think that so far it looks more creative than yes. last season. I'd say, I, I, what would I kill to see a little bit of motion before the play is run? Just to give the quarterback a chance to see if it's zone or man. I mean, just simple things, pump fakes. I mean, calling audibles at the line. I mean, it's not. I'm not asking for much, folks. You know, any basic Madden player can do this. Why can't my offense be in the 21st century? And and I and I think that I'm hoping from what I've heard from who we've talked to on the podcast is Brian Dable plays to the strengths of his players as opposed to running his scheme, whatever that may be. Which is all I've ever asked for. All we want, exactly. The sky's the limit. So, I mean, you know, and, and he coached under, you know, or he, uh, he coached Tom Brady. So he's seen that offense work. And that offense does not require you to throw it downfield every single drive because it's picking apart slowly, precisely, you know, boom, 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 throw over the middle, deep to Gronk, down the seam, 30 yards, get your touchdown. Like, it, it is they, a very... They, they want to emotionally abuse you as much as physically abuse you. Exactly. <laughs> Which they've done. Yes. So, so I want something like that. Can I get, can I get can some we, abuse? Can we emotionally abuse can some people? Emotional... <laughs> I just... Uh... Just I just don't want to I just don't want to be abused. I want to abuse other people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> it's a good philosophy for life. For life in general, not just football, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, 
so coaching that's not a quantifiable thing i think i'm hoping that this season will be another positive note is you know i want to end on this um the bills have with aj mccarran trade the bills have 10 draft picks in 2019 so we talked about and not only that besides the 10 draft picks they have in 2019 they have over 90 million dollars in cap space according to spot track so even though they're in a huge deficit with the dead cap we talked about who just got a 90 million dollar contract was it khalil mack Okay. He had Ninety million guaranteed. So we could afford him exactly, for exactly a, for, a Techn- year. for a year, <laughs> for his entire contract for a year. So they all of the issues that they had, maybe linebacker depth, um, offensive lineman, hopefully weapons. They can actually buy a wide receiver for once, or an offensive lineman, a good guard, or a tackle, or whoever. We can get Sammy Watkins back for that kind of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pass, hard pass. <laughs> um, so I wanted to. Uh, to end the podcast on a positive note, Nick, I know you had some other topics. Is there anything? Excuse me. Is there anything else that you wanted to discuss um, before we ended it? You had some interesting. I mean, items? if you want, if you want me to go there, I can. I, I think we can. If you want to leave it on a positive note, then I probably should. Yeah, this uh, is kind of like off the board bills stuff. So I mean, if okay. people want to tune out for now, they can. It's a bit of a bit of a ridiculous. I don't even. Want, I don't know if it's a rant yet. It might be. Yeah. Uh, but it was interesting. Uh, if you saw on Deadspin, there was an article talking about an article written by Politico, which is a politics site, which I, I do read, mm-hmm. and they essentially linked. Timothy McVeigh, the guy who blew up the building in Kansas City. Back Oklahoma in, City. Oklahoma City. Yeah. It was a while ago. So I, yeah. Anyway. You're old. <laughs> <laughs> they said that he got so depressed by the Bills Super Bowl loss that that caused him to go blow up a building. Wow. It's like, come on. They made that and It's a real straw man sort of argument to try to link something. It's like... You could have easily said, you know, he's really bummed out about Seinfeld ending. Yeah. So he went and blew up a building. It's like, why, why are we linking it to the bills and making it sound like, you know, domestic terrorism. We could wipe this out if we just got rid of the bills. We just got rid of the bills. Yeah. It, hundreds of people didn't have to die if the bills didn't lose. What, was it – What did he grow, grow up – was he from Buffalo? I don't know. I don't know yeah, that story. Yeah, he, he, he was a Buffalo native. So his connection to the And he was in the military, and I guess he had PS, PTSD. Yep. And, you know, he had a lot of issues. Probably had depression and other things going on. And, you know, there's things with that, that that are so much deeper than just saying, oh, he watched a football game where the Bills lost, so therefore that was that's what caused that's him to go off and, and, and create a tragedy. It's like, come on. I know. I, what, do, what world are we living <laughs> in that you want to connect those two things and pretend like... Uh, yeah, it, it, it just it just frustrated me to no end. Don't you love that? It's like twenty years after, twenty five years after it happened, they're just like bringing it up still. You know, it was funny. Have you ever heard the connection between? And we brought this up on the podcast before. The connection between Kim Kardashian and like her rise to fame in the Bills. No, that, I've never heard. This. Oh, you never heard this? Oh, no. this is this is good. So if, I, I only rarely listen to your podcast. <laughs> well, uh, you know, fair enough. <laughs> no, I, I, not this, heard this you was this, this was like a, for one of the first episodes we ever did. Oh, okay. Year. And um, Mike brought up that um, had, you know, O.J. Simpson not been drafted by the Bills, which so they so they basically they drew the conclusion that if the Bills hadn't tanked the season before O.J. Simpson was drafted, he would have never been drafted the Bills. So he never would have met Nicole Simpson. So he never would have murdered her, murdered, allegedly murdered allegedly <laughs> murdered her and then you know ended up being friends with you know robert kardashian who defended him defended him and that's the connection between robert and kim kardashian and the sixth video and, and they still would have been rich they still would have been rich but the kardashians would not have been famous because they were drawn to fame initially because of oh. the oj simpson trial 
and Robert Kardashian's um, friendship and you know that's a long walk. Yes. Oh, oh, it's 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 almost as long as the Deadspin. Timothy McVeigh slash Oklahoma no Politico City, or Politico. Dead's oh. been called it out, so oh, I don't I don't yeah, want to yeah. give credit. Oh, yeah. No, Dead's been called it out and said, "What are you doing? Are you doing? <laughs> this is insane." It's Politico, supposedly a legitimate journalistic political site that's supposed to be reasoned and and measured. Come on, come on! I know. Uh, so yeah, no, that I didn't hear that before. That's an interesting. It's interesting, yeah. right? To to see the. Uh, to see the connection, if there is one. If only Ford hadn't produced a white Bronco, <laughs> everything would have been different. Oh, everything. Um, and then, you know, also, you know, we talked about, I, I said on the Torrent podcast, you know, we did an episode, we talked about the EA Madden shooting. So in, in Jacksonville, Florida, there was an, uh, there was a Madden 19 competition. I guess they do that before the season. And it was, it was sponsored by EA, and I believe in their building. Um, this one kid who was a Bills fan. You know, um, just so happen to be a Bills fan. So just, you're saying there is something to this whole Bills theory. He, uh, what you're he to ended say. up losing his game, and he shot the kid he was playing with, and he shot like four other people and killed himself. So uh, I mean, it's just like it's it's you can make these conclusions. Sure, it's it's only interesting when it's the Buffalo Bills and losing four Super Bowls. It's like, what can we what can we tie to that? What terrible other things can we tie to that? I know? will go. I will say that I'm sure there's a lot of Patriots fans that have done some terrible shit. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> The, probably the most heinous things. Yeah, you've things imagined. that we don't, you don't want to hear. Uh, let's about. go back through history. You know the civil rights. Uh, you know it's the issues that they've done. Pe- terrible things that they've done to people of all races and no, ethnicities. But it, and it's just so terrorism. weird how how that pops up. I mean, this whole the whole bills thing, and it it just was not a thing I was expecting to read. Yeah, and I mean it's like it's like Ace Ventura. You know, laces out. I don't laces out. Finkel. Finkel. <laughs> <laughs> It's not exactly like that, but not exactly no. <laughs> but it's that lasting effect of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but then you go back and watch that thirty for thirty when they did the four Super Bowl years, four falls of Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was such a great thing to where Norwood was embraced. Yes. by the Bills fans because Bill fans are freaking awesome. Yes, yes they're, we are. They're we not are. people who are domestic terrorists that no. are going to you know break some tables. Yeah, but. yeah. No, we are amazing, all of us. I think us. so, especially especially you, the listeners, but mostly just us, us Mo- too. Mostly us. us, too. So, but I mean, Timothy McVeigh. By the way, I know you mentioned this earlier. Dealing with PTSD, I mean, that's a very serious. Yeah, it had nothing to do with that. It no, no, no. The Bills, Bills lost. Yeah, the guy. You know what he'd seen in you know over overseas and whatever. No, no, no. That didn't have anything to do with it. The terrible things that he had, that are and part of war. These are serious things, and and you know people have depression, people have different things going on, and and there's different triggers that could be seemingly mental huge. illness is a huge. It's a huge thing, and it could be seemingly seemingly nothing, or it can be seemingly huge, and it's just it's just so sad to read. It was a long article too. Like yeah. this person obviously had like a word limit they had to reach. Did you read the Deadspin version or both or Politico too? I saw the Deadspin version, and then I went. To, to be thorough, I went and read the whole Politico version. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's some time in my life I can't get back. <laughs> so. Yeah, wow. Yay, media. <laughs> uh, fake news. Um, so anyway, oh, I wanted to give, so before we end the podcast, I wanted to give a quick fantasy football tip. So, get more points than your opponent. Yes, that Another is the hot key. Take. Another hot take. Wow, dude, you're coming in. <laughs> so... Um, fantasy football tip. And since you're not in my fantasy football league anymore, I can give you this tip as well. I suggest everyone do it. If you're not on Twitter, 
please f- go to Twitter, follow us at CTW Pod, the Charlie Tango SB Pod, Circling the Wagons Pod. Um, but what I follow is a Twitter feed called at NFL Injury News. Now, news is spelled NWS. Maybe there wasn't enough characters, so it's at NFL Injury NWS on Twitter. And put their tweets on alerts. So you will get their, you will get an actual alert on your phone when a tweet comes in because they have up to date as soon as it happens, like I, I think it's set up by fantasy pros or whatever. And as soon as an injury comes up, like you will get a message on your phone. And it's like they're either retweeting Ian Rappaport or retweeting Adam Schefter, which I don't care to get alerts from those guys because they tweet nonstop. This site does not tweet nonstop. Um, I mean, honestly, in the offseason between football, you'll probably get like 50 tweets between January and, you know, August. So um, it's it's a great thing. I found out that Jarek McKinnon was injured right as it happened. So I picked up Alfred Morris in a bunch of leagues. Um, so I would suggest if you guys are fantasy football players, which I bet a lot of you are, um, follow at, at NFL Injury News NWS. Is it news? And, and and then follow us at CTW Pod. We have over 1,200 followers now. Um, so we have uh, a, more hot takes, just like Nick just mentioned. I mean, just, just you know, throwing it out there. And, um, and yeah, so um, we will also be putting up songs to vote on in our ultimate tailgate playlist on our YouTube channel. Um, if you search Circling the Wagons, you'll find our channel and find the ultimate tailgate playlist. And we we're hoping to create a t- playlist where you can drink some beers uh, with the crew while getting amped up for a Bills game at New Era Field, or, you know, if you do that in your own backyard with the fellas and ladies, you know, it'll be a place that you can just do that, and we're all voting on it, so it's not just, you know, what I say goes there. It's, you know, I'm putting it up for vote on Twitter, so please follow us on Twitter. Or just home alone. Or just... <laughs> you want to tip some back. Hey, hey. No judgment. We don't need to know about your uh, normal Sunday Bills routine. <laughs> so, um, that's cool. So we will do weekly, weekly recaps of the Bills game every week, so stay tuned. Stay subscribed for more Bills fan content and perspective. I appreciate you guys listening. So for Nick. Go Bills. And for me, Nate. Go Bills. Thanks again for Steffi Talk Sports. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.